Welcome to this week's Polyphony. We are so excited with our topic this week. We're talking about barbershop quartets and choruses, and we have an incredible panel today. We have Lindsay Chartier, who is a member of the Quartet Titanium. They were the 2020 second place international silver medalists and winner of the most entertaining quartet award. In addition to being three-time international quartet champion in Harmony, Inc., a four-time regional quartet champion, and a, 20, a 2002 Sweet Adeline's International Rising Star champion. We also have Tony Colosimo, who is a member of the second place 2020 Mid-Atlantic Harmony Sweeps Quartet, Better Together, and All-Male Quartet First Take, formerly of District Quartet Champions of 2017 DeCapo. And we have, last but definitely not least, Tessa Walker, who is member of Hot Pursuit, the 2019 Harmony Queens, and 2018 Sweet Adeline International Rising Star Champions. Welcome to Lindsay, Tony, and Tessa, and here is Aaron, our host for the evening. Thank you so much, Rachel. Lindsay, I'd love to start with you and talk about, let's sort of talk about the, the pandemic impacts a little bit, and maybe take us back to kind of what your schedules and rehearsal and performance schedules were like pre-COVID and how it kind of all started to wind down. So take us in the way back machine. Uh, Way back to March of 2020. We were four days away from leaving for the first regional of the year to go and do mic testing in region 10. And we were 10 days away from our own region where we were competing in the open division. So our rehearsal schedule was twice to three times a week seeing each other. And then show schedule for the fall was we had September completely booked going right up until international. We had a show almost every weekend and coaching sessions lined up and everything. And it just in one chunk, we kind of went, okay, well, let's move this to 2021. So everything that we've had on the books, everybody just said, hey, we're moving it to 2021. Here's the new date. And so we, for the longest time, were meeting on Zoom virtually to just catch up and figure out how we were going to do things. We started rehearsing using BandLab and other different apps that we were doing. We tried, how can we keep involved? So we started offering classes to people. So those types of things. And then we've recently decided that we're going to try and meet once a month, but still socially distanced because we were finding that without singing together, it was taking its toll on our voices. And so we wanted to make sure that we still mm-hmm. had our sound together. So we once a month, we're trying to get together and, and stand mm-hmm. like 20 feet apart, uh, but still just be able to ring some chords in the same room at the same time. So we're trying to be smart about it, you know, masks and everything, but we needed to have that so that we don't lose any momentum from where we were. So that's that's how we've been handling it. With your month, once a month together, are you still filling in those intervening times with other ways of working remotely or are you kind of settling with the, the once a month routine right now? We're settling with the once a month routine, but individually we're doing things. So, and, and collectively, the quartet is actually going into chorus rehearsals and working with the individual sections and choruses. So we're doing, we're trying to be as involved as we can while still being safe. And so as much as we can, I mean, our nights individually are filling up with uh, different choruses that want us to come in and talk to them or teach classes. But collectively, we also offer that as a quartet to go in and just talk to the sections about, you know, answer any questions they have or talk to them about what it's like and, and what it's like to sing our own part. And we do that. We were doing that as a quartet before the pandemic is going into chorus retreats and teaching as a quartet and then have the individual time with the individual sections, which was working really well. So yeah, we've been, we were pretty busy beforehand and it's kind of been a shock to the system to not see them as often as we were before. So Tony, how about for you? What was the, the pre like the, the before times and then uh, how about the, <laughs> (laughs) the wind down piece so yeah so you know you mentioned first take earlier and first take is a an all-male quartet that i started a couple years ago at this point we competed one time and then we actually had switched voice parts so long story short i switched from baritone to lead and our tenor switched from tenor to baritone and we slotted in a new tenor singer so we had a lot of adjustments to make as a quartet and we were going to compete late april at the mid-atlantic district prelims for the la convention and that convention got canceled and then LA got canceled and the BHS just kind of put everything on hold a little bit like what Lindsay described where they just said, okay, we're not going to make plans for this time frame anymore. Let's start planning for this time frame. And if we have to 
cancel it, we cancel it, but let's keep planning something. So with First Take there, we were ready to get sort of this new group in front of people for the first time. And so initially we were pretty frustrated. We were like, oh man, we've been working behind the scenes for a really long time. We want to just get this out there. But we had a standing 9 p.m. Sunday logistics meeting so that we didn't have to come together on quartet weekends. We have some distance in the quartet. Drew Wheaton lives in Louisville and Alex Corson lives in New Jersey and Andrew Havens and I live in the DC metro area. And so we were we were already at distance so we had to make sure our logistics were in order already. So we we would have the standing nine o'clock meeting and it would usually be 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. We'd have an agenda ready and we'd do it over Google Hangouts pre-COVID. And so this was a thing we were already doing and that turned into about an hour and a half weekly Jamulus, Jam Kazam, Soundjack, Jack Link, like I don't even remember all the names anymore. Like we were tried, we have tried them all, and they all work to an extent, right? So, but honestly, it's been a huge positive for us. We started by just trying it out and being kind to ourselves and taking time to let a few things fail on the technical side, and now we've and then to figure out now that the medium works, how can we actually use this as a quartet rehearsal? Because there are certain things you can't do, and there are certain things you can, and some of them you just do to feel satisfied in doing it. Like let's sing the tag all four parts. It will not rehearse anything. It will just feel like singing a tag with each other a little bit. And uh, so that is something we've been doing a lot of, which has been super helpful. Better Together is two couples. We're a mixed quartet and we're two couples that live together. So half the quartet is able to duet on a regular basis when (laughs) the kids are quiet. And then we actually, again, live pretty close to each other in Washington, D.C. area. And so what we've done is intentional quarantines that lead up to in-person rehearsals where the kids come and spend time together and we're together and that whole thing. But that can only happen so frequently. We both have, both family sides have immunocompromised family members. So, and our, our lead Heather Havens is pregnant with their third child. And so it's just pretty crazy. So we've just got to be really, really careful. And so we don't have any risks external to that to kind of compromise those in-person rehearsals. We found that distance actually is just not practical because of the kids and because of a whole bunch of other things. So when we get together, we have to be assured essentially that we're safe for each other. And that's about all we can do. And so that happens infrequently. We've done a couple of tag collaborations. And one other thing that I think is important to mention is that First Take, again, also had a process where we actually create our own learning tracks, not because we care about learning tracks that much, but because it's actually a great process to learn how we're going to sing the song. So it's a great, like, you have to go through the process of learning it for yourself to create the track, and then listening to the track, you learn it better. So you can visit DrewEatonMusic.com. Quick shameless plug for Drew, who puts those things together after we send our individual tracks. So it's a pretty awesome system. I know that Quorum uses the same kind of system and a few other quartets do that kind of thing that are at distance so that when they get together, the plan's in place and you've listened to it a bunch of times. So the mental reps are there, but then the physical reps in person have to happen. So some of those things were built for a quarantine life. We didn't just realize it when we were doing it. And then the new things are duetting instead of and doing sections in rhythm with a metronome rather than, you know, and forgiving yourself for dragging or rushing a little bit and that sort of thing on Jam Kazam or on Jamulus or something like that. So that's what we've been doing. And it's been crazy successful just from a keeping active perspective, but it's also been incredibly unfulfilling to not sing for audiences as frequently, if I'm being 100% honest. You know, it's this thing where we are relying on each other a lot to actually be positive and we lift each other up actually a lot every Sunday because we get a chance to kind of go, oh, this is a thing that's still moving forward and not going to pot. So that's sort of where we are. Tessa, how about for you? I mean, you sort of were on the heels of a crazy year and then uh, you sort of had a new crazy year, but crazy for a very different reason. Yes. What a raining year <laughs> that we have. Almost fortunate that we can kind of have a second one because contest has been postponed. Yeah. So Hopper Suit has been a long distance quartet since we've been a quartet. And I actually was thinking about I should do a, a map project to show how many times we've all moved to different <laughs> places. But I think that'd be fun next time someone moves. So yeah, before March 2020, our kind of usual 
schedule was once a month retreat. Um, and it worked well for us because we're workhorses. When we get together on a retreat, I mean, we will sing till we healthily cannot sing anymore. Like, I mean, and we love it. That's what I mean, we that's what we love to do as a quartet. So I mean, we'll rehearse for six hours straight, you know, breaks in between. I and mean, that's like, that's what fires us up. So our retreat weekends are extremely productive. And so we actually had two February weekends together, which we were all kind of sick for, but we made it work. And what's kind of one of the most bummers is we learn music quickly and efficiently. That's kind of how we've always been. And probably by now we would have added 10 songs to our rep, but alas. And so that, that last retreat, we kind of solidified four or five newish, you know, that we could get off paper. And then we just really haven't been able to get together again. So kind of similar to Tony's story, my family is high risk. And so there just isn't, and we have to plane travel to, to see each other. So it just has not been plausible to, to see each other for this you know, months of quarantine and the pandemic. And it's been rough. We haven't done much singing or learning over the summer, but we have two teachers in the quartet, me and Melody. So preparing for this year has kind of taken over our entire world because that life is stressful. We're both music educators. So we've had some other things to worry about a little bit. And when we realized so many events were postponed, we were kind of gifted time to focus more on our careers at this moment in time, which is needed. But yeah, we had a whole summer lined up. I think I was out of town, like if arbitrary number nine out of 10 weekends, we had a gig We're doing our favorite thing, which is youth camps most of the time. And so it was a bummer one after one watching them disappear off our calendar. Yeah, and we were the first one. Yes, the you harmonizers, were. <laughs> the harmonizers had Hot Pursuit on our youth yep. festival on March 20th. Yep. 28. I think. And so we were the first one to disappear. And so it's everyone slowly but surely. And, and a lot of them were like, hey, next year, you know, so we, we didn't lose them necessarily, but it still was upsetting. And as a long distance quartet, truly that that revenue is what makes us rehearse together. I mean, if we didn't have those gigs, we really couldn't afford as young 20s to get together. So watching a lot of our revenue just kind of like trickle away for the year two has been a little stressful. <laughs> but we talk a bunch. We're very family-oriented quartet. So though there hasn't been music, there's we talk almost every day as a quartet just about life, which is nice. And I love that. I wish we were in person like Lindsay's quartet. She was saying something that they rehearsed once a week. I was like, oh, I wish. I said, I said the same thing I in my head. I was like, Dude, man, I wish I could do that. I know. Um, but our once a month is productive. We we do have a online show in from our Hartford NED chorus in, in November. They're putting on like a live performance, which is cool. So we're trying to do virtual choirs. I will say Pursuit does have a tough time with virtual choir type performances. We have quite a few perfectionists in the quartet. And tw- yeah, Tony's like, I know them. <laughs> that and is true. Yes. So to sit down and record yourself and send in something you're happy with, someone might be able to do in an hour. Quartet members take hours. And so it's a really long and not fun process for some of the quartet members. And so that's why it just hasn't, we haven't been able to do so much of that. This Even this upcoming show, which we're really excited about, has been rough for us. It's just not for everyone, which I get. And I it's hard to do. It's hard to be confident in your voice and send it in. So yeah, so it's it's kind of a another level that we have as a quartet, and we really do our best when we're together. Kind of like Tony said, we just like we need each other. Or Lindsay was saying, it's not the same when you're apart. So we are just we're just talking and, and getting hopeful for future events. But yeah, it's definitely been a an interesting reigning year. <laughs> a lot of different things, and and it's interesting, you know. We were new to HI as far as, you know, a timeline goes. And so this year has this extra year, I guess I'll put it, has been a little bit of a gift to get to know the organization a little bit more. Whereas, you know, if we were thrown, quote, quote, but thrown into the convention in November, you know, we'd still kind of be fresh babies. And so we kind of get a whole year to really engulf ourselves in the organization. When we come back to officially hand over our crowns, I think we'll feel more a part of the organization. And I think the organization will feel more a part of us, which I think is really special, which we might not have had, you know, with these months. So it's appreciative. I mean, we, we're trucking along. We have no, you know, we're, we're ready to come back as soon as it's safe, but we're in that same boat with our families. We just kind of have to wait until it's truly okay. We, we joke that Hot Pursuit always sounds better the more we sing together. So, like, we always joke our first hour of retreat weekend is just, just warm up. We can, yeah, we can't ever. So we're, we laugh that, like, we don't, we don't know what we're going to sound like after not singing together for months. I was like, we're going to need a whole day to, re- <laughs> to refresh. We're like, we're going to come back on our first show. It's going to be crazy. But we have a good sense of humor, and we're honored to have our reigning year. And, and I think we're probably a good personality quartet to do, have all this happen, too. I mean, we're very go with the flow, very good sense of humor. So we just living it, laughing it. So yeah, it's, it's a bummer, but 
We're doing everything we can to get through it all healthy at the end of it. Do you feel like there will be a point at which you will think of some distance ways or technology ways to scratch the singing itch together? I mean, you know, it's been, what, six months, right? So are you you sort of going to just write it out and and save it for an in-person experience, do you think? I think this virtual choir Hartford show thing will do a lot of that once we finally get through it. I think the longer it goes, yes, there will be a bigger itch and and the more comfortable and I get in our jobs, you know, once we start to get a little bored kind of, you know, with things, I think that's what we'll be really, really missing because we're used to fitting in quartet weekends upon busy schedules and it's all just kind of squished in there. But as soon as everything starts to ease out and there's not quartet rehearsals, I think we'll really feel it. And we, and as a long distance quartet, we do a lot of individual work. That's why our weekends can be so productive. I mean, we will set goals and they'll be accomplished. So if Hot Pursuit has a new song to learn and we want to be off paper, that means by the Friday of the weekend, we've learned all the notes and we will. So I mean, if if we want to get, we'll probably get on the learning songs train. I would imagine once we get that itch back fully, because we do want to add so many songs to our rep. And I think that'll just happen on a lot of individual terms. Like I'll check in and say, hey, I have this song memorized. What about you? And some will say, hey, I have this one memorized. And we talk about interp virtually, which is a little bit easier to talk through. Um, Tessa, that's what those learning tracks really, they help a lot with actually just sort of knowing the progress of all of the members of the quartet and learning the song. It's actually super helpful for that, knowing like, oh, oh, now we can sing this song because all of us put in that one track. So it's a super helpful process for that. But yeah, checking in is always hard because you're like, I, I got it. And then you sing it and you go, oh, I thought I had it. Yeah, and I don't have it. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. And as the lead, I feel like I'm always the first one to make the learning tracks, which in person is way easier because I just sing for them. And I like am known as the interp queen of the quartet, no pun intended. So I, if there's a question about an interpretation issue, I just usually sing it and then Mel will notate it in her way that she does but to do that without their input or just that like it's just me in a wall and then I have to set precedent without hearing the song in any sort of four-part way is tremendously difficult <laughs> it's definitely different but I do think that we'll, we're going to kick up the learning songs trend because the goal is when we do get together we still have those songs that we can add um, which is our goal so yeah yeah well we will have so much more with Lindsay Chartier Tony Colosimo and Tessa Walker on the other side and we'll be talking about things like how do they keep members engaged? Uh, how can they help people give creative and connected outlets? And things like focusing on non-performance aspects of the group. But we'll have all that on the other side. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Have you heard Tacapella? Hosted by Brian Alexander and Alicia Edwards, it's an hour of conversation with some of the most fascinating people in acapella. Covering topics from building a group remotely to rehearsal strategies to strengthening your brand, Tacapella goes deep and brings out the insights. With over 100 episodes and counting, there's still so much to talk about. The show airs Tuesdays at 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West, and again on rebroadcast Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. East, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. West. Welcome back to Polyphony. Again, this week we are speaking about barbershop quartets and choruses, and we have Lindsay Chartier, member of the Quartet Titanium, Tony Colosimo, who is member of Better Together and First Take, and Tessa Walker, member of Hot Pursuit. And here's Aaron. Thanks, Rachel. Tony, you had mentioned in your move to technology that there are some things you're finding that lend themselves well to the distributed technologies that you're using. And I wonder what you're finding is working well and perhaps conversely, what isn't translating very well. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk on sort of two fronts and I'll try and keep it brief. The first is the chorus front. I think that that's a unique pattern that we struggle with in barbershop. I think there are a lot of groups doing Zooms, you know, I mean, you know, trying to do Zooms or whatever's, you know, and connect with each other. Early on, I think a lot of choruses were trying to get a lot of the same stuff done that they were doing in person over Zoom. And they were having the director do a lot of one way. And the director was doing a lot of one way communication of direct instruction of really high level concepts that are important and then got down to very detailed concepts that were also important in the music. However, there was no checking for understanding element of getting back and forth to saying, okay, does the membership actually get this? Which part of the membership is actually getting this? Is this translating at all? And and so the feedback was minimal. And so I'm the associate director of the Alexandria Harmonizers and I work on the music team with Tessa Walker. Woohoo! Yes! It's so awesome. I'm so, so Tessa, honored. Te- I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It's so great. So Tess has been working with us and we have made sort of a transition 
to something that's a little less synchronous. So we use that synchronous time to build community, to check in on where we are with our process of learning, of getting feedback, of giving feedback, making sure that everybody's on the same page about what's coming next in the processes of what we're doing at home, making sure everybody's okay, and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, so each of the Zooms, we intentionally include an element that is, intentionally include an element where a person gets to talk. So if they are on the Zoom, they should say something, right? There shouldn't be a Zoom where a person gets on, exists in the Zoom, and then gets off. And that's a thing that we right. did early on, right? Well, and I was, so, was going to yeah. say, that I've fortunately, because of Zoom, been able to like visit a ton of choruses, which has been awesome. But which I'm sure Lindsay, she was saying they visit a bunch of choruses. You which is see amazing. the ones that they're that they're doing, not doing, and you see what's working and not working. And I will say, and not just because I'm part of their team, but the Alexander Harmonizers method is seeming to be one of the top ways of membership positivity, happiness, as far as and continuous um, learning. You know, we've we've seen courses who haven't worked out, and there's the ones that you know can't rehearse every week because they just don't know what to fill it with, and they they've lost membership because of it. And they and so I'm glad he's talking about this because. It, it is at least one of the top ways that it's working well in this community. Lindsay, you were going to say? Yeah, so I also direct a BHS chorus here in, in the Fort Worth area, and we are meeting on Zoom every week, and we don't have everybody. We have guys who just don't want to be a part of the Zoom experience. That's just Same. not their thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we yeah. typically have – no, we're lucky. I have 13 guys, so I can see everybody on one screen. So we engage <laughs> a lot, and it used to be the guys would sign on at, at – seven o'clock and like let's do this so i opened the room at 6 45 well everybody's signing on at 6 45 now because they just want to talk this is a bunch of guys that doesn't talk and now they're just like yeah yeah this is what's going on and and so it's been a lot of fun to see them get together and we do minimal singing in our rehearsals we have we learn a tag a week and then the guys have the opportunity to record a video and send it to me and then we just put those together and you know that's that's their singing that they're doing for the week. And then we also use sectionals. Um, we do breakout rooms and mm -hmm. we've had them run through sectionals for, hey, what if we can put a Christmas something or other together? Let's get the music going and, and start learning that stuff. But I also have, because I'm going and teaching classes at choruses, there are Monday nights where I can't be with my chorus. And so one Monday night, I had them rewrite the words to In My Room mm. to be in my Zoom. And I was like, that's your project. Go. And so they did. As a chorus, they they coordinated together and just came up with a whole bunch I want to be in your chorus. for In My Room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I mean, we're trying to find fun projects for them to do, but also involve the members. I have, I put it out there and one of my guys said I can teach a class on audacity for whoever wants to learn it so we had six guys do an audacity class on a night other than chorus because they wanted to learn how to do some things with their learning tracks and how can I do this and how can I cut this out or what if I need to record myself so we're trying to find ways of engaging everybody in the process yeah that's great and I think that the key element for us too we have a closed Facebook group too so when you do those kinds of classes like Lindsay was talking about if someone can't make that time we post that zoom or that video up on that private Facebook group. And that way it's logged back for people to be able to, to see it later. And uh, we have members doing the same thing, sort of contributing content that they're creating. We had a great session on Tuesday night with a guy named Adam Afifi, who's just a guy in the chorus. And he's like, got this background in typography and the way that it affects the way that people understand things. So how the way you present something in terms of the way it's written down actually affects the way you perceive it, understand it. And he was asking Joe, he was like, has Barbershop ever thought of this? And he was like, no, <laughs> like that's something we don't think about. So he, he talked about that for 45 minutes and it, the questions went for another 45 minutes after it because it was fascinating. And so, you know, it's just really about engaging. And then at the beginning of rehearsal, we really try and make it so that somebody has content that if they've created content of any kind that is minorly relevant to barbershop or acapella or something that we get to play it and there's somebody to share it with like there's an audience that cares but that's not completely like this could go viral and ruin your life you know like you have to put it on facebook and like hope that people like it and don't tell you you're terrible like this is a place that's safe that you can share content that you create and so it's kind of an audience really in a way so we use it that way and from a synchronous perspective 
perspective on, I'll use the word Jamkazam over and over because that's the one we started with and it's what we kind of keep saying by default. If you're on a Jamkazam or something like that, it means we all have to have these audio interfaces and we're, you know, we've got the Ethernet and the whole thing. You know the drill at that point. But the things that we found that work well are to work on, because the audio quality is very high and the latency can sometimes be problematic, we find synchronization to be not something that's worth working on. Like, let's not even worry about that, right? But let's take time to make sure our vowels and our intonation are working really well, especially in duets, because then the other two guys are able to listen well. And it's pretty clear, even with the quality we have over the internet, what adjustments need to be made. And some of those mediums actually allow for video also, so we can make adjustments to body and that sort of thing. Things that work really well are interpretation, like Tessa was describing. So I'll sing a phrase and say, this is how we're doing this, and then have one other person duet with it and see how that's matching up, how that's working, and just get comfortable with that plan working the more difficult sections of a song just so that they're in our head and in our voice and in our body and key changes, emotional pivots, really critical elements of a song. And we just try and have an agenda ahead of time. We usually try and do it by Tuesday or Wednesday of the Sunday coming up where we know what those are going to be so that we can individually prepare for those sections of those songs so that we, because an hour and a half is just not that much, especially when a lot of it is us catching up with each other, making sure again that we're like, okay. So that's what we've been doing. And, and honestly, I'm so excited about Lindsay. I like want Lindsay's quartet to come to the harmonizers. I'm so excited. Like that's going to definitely happen. So I'll be in touch with you. Is there, I mean, Lindsay, you talk about the the monthly quartet time in person and, and then there's sort of the chorus work as well. Is this an opportunity to focus on on rep development at all? I, I mean, I know Tessa talked about really saving a lot of that for when they can get together in person and doing some stuff on paper, but really standing up songs together when they can sort of see each other and ring together. For other groups that may not have that compunction, are there opportunities, do you feel like, to do that right now? I think so. I mean, for us right now, we've just recently started, you know, we've met together twice. So what and what we really did was run through our entire repertoire both times. It's just start at song one and finish Mm -hmm. at song whatever. And let's just make sure we all. So the first time we met was like, huh, those are some words that those are some words. Yeah. Oh, that's what we plan. I I don't remember them being in that order. (laughs) Yep. I didn't think bases thought about the words. I don't remember them being in that order. The funny thing is we so I sing in a I sing in a harmony and quartet. I say I sing in a harmony and quartet. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary of being crowned harmony queens this year and so we we have to thanks we have to submit a video for the association of harmony queens parade of champions and i was watching all the videos the other day and i was like we sang that song like i don't even remember singing a song and here we are on stage it was one of those like huh i should probably like review a lot of this stuff so adding repertoire songs Yes, we've actually looked at, because in Sweet Adlines, we have the finals package. So it's 12 to 15 minutes that you have to do a show package for. And we have done more talking about developing our show package than we have actually learning songs. So we started learning some songs and then we're like, ah, let's switch up our show package. So now we're looking at different songs. And then we hear other songs. We're like, no, wait, I like this song. So we're choosing repertoire. We're just not necessarily learning it right now. Uh, But we're looking at songs. We're looking at songs that we want to learn. Uh, But right now our concentration has been because we have shows on the books for this coming year that we want to maintain our repertoire and just make sure that we all remember the same interpretation and I mean we're, we've been key and great at doing choreography that we haven't forgotten but words are words are a struggle sometimes. Tessa so. how about for you do you feel like I mean, you talk about working on Interp and some of those sorts of pieces that you can do remotely. Are there other sort of non-musical stuff like, you know, trajectory of the group, what you want to do when you're able to start ramping stuff up again, the businessy stuff? I mean, all the things that usually kind of are forgotten a little bit and come along for the ride. It seems like maybe there's an opportunity to focus on them a little more. Yeah, my quartet would giggle at your sentence that uh, they were forgotten along the way because I don't (laughs) let that happen. I am the, um, I don't know what you would call me, but I'm the butt kicker of my quartet when it yeah when it comes to business <laughs> stuff which they love and hate but uh, they can't they knew they have to have me for it so yeah we well I'll answer that in a couple different ways so as far as just other aspects we 
as I mentioned before, we're very goal-oriented quartets. I mean, we formed because we had a goal, which was to win the Rising Star uh, contest. And so we still continue to be that kind of quartet. We continually talk about what we want to be, what we want to do. And we've absolutely had many conversations of what kind of our next steps are as far as being more involved in HI, competing in BHS, competing in SAI's Big Girl Contest. I mean, we have all those thoughts and and plans, but they just can't, you know, we're just waiting for our kind of time to shine. But we absolutely talk about that often in our quartet. And we enjoy talking about that. That brings us joy to, to talk about, you know, what's coming next. That's, you know, fire up our engines for sure. But yeah, as far as business stuff, like I said, I'm pretty cracked the whip about it. So there hasn't been much backlog, <laughs> which is very, I'm sure my quartet's own personality. But it has been nice to kind of organize our thoughts. I guess I would say. And I think that'll happen a lot more, like I said, in the next few months as Mel and I's careers kind of hopefully bless teachers, you know, maybe get a little bit more comfortable that we'll have more time to play around with goals and and ideas and things like that. But it's absolutely possible. And I think it's a good place to put focus because that gets you excited for the future. Sometimes I tell my kids, sometimes it's hard to think about the future right now because everything looks stagnant and feels stagnant. But if you do, it's more exciting because then you have something to look forward to. Um, And that's what we're our goal is to do as a quartet is just keep the hope and the excitement up for things to come and like I mentioned before we're very passionate about youth events and so we're just waiting for any and every opportunity to work with with them on in any organization that's mainly a big part about why we're members of all three organizations Harmony Inc. BHS and Spend Alliance is because that just means more youth <laughs> events to, to trap onto. And that's a big, big, big pull and a big reason. But yes, to answer your question, I think it's a great time to do that. And we've definitely gotten on it. We're talking about fundraising and shows. And like uh, Lindsay was saying, show package is a great time to figure out show package stuff, test some ideas out for sure. So yeah, I think it's a great time to do that. Tony? So one of the things about the processes of things that you can accomplish, the one thing that we're all seeing and talking about is the idea of virtual choirs and virtual shows and how do you put that together? We're going to do a virtual holiday show. We've done a few holiday shows with the chorus. Uh, Annually, we do them. And we've done some fall shows, what we call like a home and home, where we would do a a concert with a group that's within some kind of reasonable driving distance that we have some kind of connection with. And and they'd come and do our show and we'd do their show. And there was sort of a connection there with those groups. And it was a pretty cool thing to be able to do. So we said, well, maybe... Maybe let's take this opportunity to do that sort of thing with a group that we could never do it with otherwise. And so we actually got approached by Northwest Sound up in the Tacoma, Seattle area. And so we're going to collaborate and do a, you heard it here first, we're doing a holiday show, a virtual holiday show that's going to include virtual choirs with members of both choruses for the opener and the closer. And there's going to be, but there's not going to be just virtual choirs. There's going to be a few in-person groups. Like Lindsay mentioned, there are groups that are meeting in person and they're doing it safely and correctly. And we know now sort of how to figure that out. So a limited number of repertoire songs is probably what they need. And so more groups with a more limited repertoire is what we're aiming for now. And so we're we're kind of rethinking how a show fits together and how you put together a full audience experience. We've learned a lot from what the AIC did and what BHS did with the Legacy Quartet Contest and what SAI's done with a lot of the region meetings, you know, and those things. So we've got a lot of ways of learning how to connect with an actual audience virtually. And so we're going to try and use as many of those techniques that we've learned both by rehearsing virtually and seeing other people perform in small chunks virtually to try and put together something cohesive and appealing and also thinking differently about the financial model. I don't know if that's even something we want to get into, but thinking about like, do we sell tickets to this or how do we, what do we do with this? Like, do we just put it there? Do we, do we, do we sell tickets at a normal price? Do we sell them at less? Do we, do we sell them? Do we ask for donations for the choruses? What we settled on was uh, to do it for charity, actually, but it's, I think it's going to be a pretty useful idea for the groups to just have something to do, you know, like something, a project to really dig your teeth into and you have a deadline and you have an audience that's expecting you and the whole thing. So motivator for sure. Yeah. 
Do you, I, I guess the, the charity piece of that will also be an interesting data point about mm. what the proceeds look like mm. and what that model might look like moving forward. Do you, do you have thoughts about sort of the sustainability of that model if this sort of circumstance should persist for another year or so or something like that? Yeah, the weird thing about the pandemic in general, and this has nothing to do with acapella and more just to do with things, is like the changes of the way we're spending and saving our money, where we're investing the money and where we're not investing the money, how much we're taking in, how much we're not putting out, and sort of what it looks like when everybody's sort of purse strings tighten a bit. And then we, but we see still that we can move money around economically in a different way. And so that's a whole other thing. But I think that, I think it does affect us, right? We can say, hey, this might be a viable thing to be able to do. But the thing is, you're where, why don't we have to spend so much money? This event venue now doesn't exist, essentially, right? Like we have this venue less performance. And so the significant cost of venue, the staff of the venue that are valuable people who we need to get, we need to get safe so that people can get back to work because there are so many people who can't work right now in the performance industry, actors, stagehands, lighting people, sound people, that their whole livelihood is that. So that's, again, another topic I won't keep going. I think that the answer is yes, it will affect us, but it's really different than it ever has been. So, yeah. Lindsay, you were going to say? I think one of the things, too, about the virtual concert is that the exposure to people who may not come and see you uh, or have not come to see you before. And if they enjoy the experience, the, hey, let's put this on our list to go and see them next year. So it just gets you a whole other fan base that you may not have been exposed to before. One of the other things that I've loved about the pandemic is the ability to bring people in that we may not have been able to afford before. Yes. Coaches who come in and teach a class to the chorus. So we've had, you know, a few people come in and run warm-ups for us. And then talk to the chorus. And I know other choruses have shared rehearsals. So they bring choruses in from other places when they have a coach come in and and let's share the education or let's just share some fellowship, if you will, for the evening. But it's been interesting. and, And I'm on the regional management team for my region. And our entire faculty has offered up their time to come in and help any of the choruses who need help with classes or anything like that. So all of our faculty is available to our choruses to help them through. We have choruses who aren't meeting because they don't know how. So we're having somebody go in and help them figure it out. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, so just being able to be exposed to different types of coaches has been, has been amazing. Yeah. Well, you can't afford to miss this last segment. We're going to be taking a short break. And on the other side, we'll be talking about things like how do you position your group to hit the ground running once things resume? And do you have ideas about things that you've implemented now that you plan to keep? That'll be on the other side. And we'll have more with Lindsay Chartier. Tony Colosimo and Tessa Walker. We'll be right back. Are you an aspiring sound engineer? Have we got a show for you? The Headroom Podcast is a podcast for aspiring sound engineers in the contemporary acapella genre. Join Kyle Howard and Ricky Jabarin as they break down the different stages of audio production and chat with other producers about their techniques to achieving the best sound. You can find the Headroom Podcast on Acaville Radio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Remember, Acaville is the place where you can find all the latest in acapella information. And we are back for our last segment of this week's Polyphony, where we're talking with barbershop quartets and choruses. We're talking with Lindsay Chartier, Tony Colosimo, and Tessa Walker. And here again is Aaron. I wonder, you, know, we talk, you talked about with the chorus that there are some guys in the chorus that don't necessarily want the Zoom-based experience. I wonder if there are opportunities to use this time to bring new people in? Are there opportunities to actually think about growth in this era? Or is it just kind of hanging on for dear life until this is over? I mean, is there is there a way to find a, an upside here somewhere? There's, uh, I think there's a little bit of both. <laughs> there's those that are hanging on and there's those that have, I mean, there are choruses out there who have been auditioning new members. They've never met the people that they're on the Zoom meeting with, but all of a sudden they're a member of the chorus, which I think is awesome. Some choruses may do better in person of showing off their personality and other people can just shine while they're on a Zoom meeting. So it it really depends on the chorus. That's one of the things that I'm looking at right now because I'm the membership chair for our region. So I'm trying to find ways of of helping choruses to look at promoting themselves and how to figure out how to run a guest night and who to invite and where do you post things and and kind of thinking outside the box of where you can recruit people from. So it's one of the things that we're working on. I know I haven't done anything about it yet because I'm still trying to figure it out, but I think there's opportunities for it. Courses have to be smart about it and make sure that they are putting their authentic selves out there. 
so that you know who you're joining and not just, oh, we're going to be, this is who we are. And then when you meet in person, it's totally not who you are. So putting your authentic Mm -hmm. selves out there, I think, is probably the most important thing if you are inviting people into your uh, virtual rehearsals. Tony, how about you on the on the harmonizer side? Is that something that is on the radar screen in terms of adding members in this time, or are you? Yeah, yeah, we've added a few members, and like Lindsay mentioned, we have had some members who early on, especially, kind of said like, "Yeah, this Zoom thing is just something I'm not going to do. I'm just not going to do it." And we we kind of had, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the person Tess's boyfriend is like that person, exactly. But you know, it's funny because we notice that when we do things well, that some of those people start interacting, interacting with that group chat or with that, or they interact in that specific spot or they interact in this space. And that connection actually helps more. But like I said, we've, we've gained some members who know that they're relocating and expect to, to kind of join up there. We haven't done any external, like let's make remote members happen. What we have seen though, is a significant number of people who moved away, who had already left the chorus, come back on a fairly regular, if not weekly basis, because because of the fact that there's no geographical limitation any longer. And like I said, this virtual holiday show thing actually is making us gain a couple members back because early on we were reticent to do the virtual choirs because we felt like people were saturated a little maybe with them. And it was like also not a lot of feedback for the member, right? It's like work for the member, but all the music team's work is putting it together and we don't really give anything back to the member. And so we were kind of like, all right, well, do we give to our audience right now or do we give to our members right now? And so we picked members early on, but then there were people hungry to like do something. And so we've seen a lot of those people in the past week or two in the process of getting this virtual choir thing going again to come back. And so we've seen sort of a rotation of people in and out, people who started and kind of waned and people. So it's a weird, it's, it's very odd. My dad's chorus is not acapella, but is similar in demographic in terms of age to the the harmonizers a wide range of ages young and old and they sing mostly pop music but they they have about 85-ish members and they have done two like open audition nights where they're doing these cabarets and they're doing zoom rehearsals and people are just joining zoom rehearsals and joining the group for the zoom rehearsals and the cabarets and like Lindsay said i think that's really authentic to the group that's the way the group is they do some rehearsals and they do some cabarets and they hang out and talk to each other and they talk about music music they like and music they don't and that's the whole group so if that's what the zooms are that's the group you know and it's great like it's super valuable thing for people to have in their lives so and I, uh we also yeah. added tessa i'm official now the harmonizer i'm so happy yeah do you you were gonna say yeah tony was mentioning about virtual members my mom actually is the president of her chapter in montreal but she's actually a virtual member of a chorus in toronto and so she takes, she goes to that rehearsal, learns things, and then takes it back to her chorus. Because she's also the lead section leader. So she's able to actually <laughs> share the knowledge that she learns on Tuesday with her own chorus on Wednesday. So she's been doing that for a couple of months now. And she's really enjoying it and learning a lot more. And it's just a great opportunity for, if you've never, if you've had dreams of being a part of a certain chorus, now's the time to drop in and say hi. Now's the time to go in and learn from from yeah. those people that you've always dreamed of learning from. So, you know, that's that's one of the things that's a positive from what, what's been happening is there's a lot more interaction with people that we may not have had the opportunity to interact with before and learn from before. So. Totally. And I hope that carries over. You mentioned carrying over later. I really genuinely hope that carries over, like that you take a part, a half an hour of your in-person rehearsal with a whole bunch of people hanging out in the room and then you know, David Wright pops in for 30 minutes or, or Lindy Chartier comes in like, boom, pops in and you're doing this comedy song on your fall show and boom, there she is. Or you're in your base sectional and boom, there's Jim Henry or, you know, that kind of thing like that can happen. And we know that now and we know that it's effective enough if you have the right things in place. And what an amazing thing. And that person's sitting ideally in their basement, you know, and, and they're <laughs> just or their office or wherever they are, you know, <laughs> and they're just, them. right. Yeah. You know, behind just in front of their green screen, right? Just spitballing. <laughs> yeah, it's BYO U-Haul box. So yeah. for for you, Tessa, on the quartet side of things, are there things? You know, Tony talked about some ideas to carry forward post-pandemic. Are there things that you, as a distanced quartet, are finding that you might want to be able to continue to do even after you can get on a plane and see each other? Yeah. 
I think this is probably more helpful for quartets who are not as long distance as Hot Pursuit always has been, because we've kind of always had to scrounge for ways to do this without seeing people in person. So I, I feel like quartets who normally get to see each other more often than we do, hopefully will learn techniques to carry over for sure. But Hot Pursuit has done, you know, video calls before. We, that's normally how we used to do our business meetings, because like I mentioned, we don't like to waste our singing time over our, over our, our rehearsal weekends. So many of our business meetings are, are video calls. And like I said, we talk technology-wise very frequently, and I hope that this does give quartets more motive to not feel so stuck when things happen to be apart or on weekends that they're not together. And, and it's also, you know, quartets can do similar things to what the choruses were mentioning. You know, quartets can appear for choruses they wouldn't normally appear for a guest appearance. They, you know, they can get more gigs per se that are one songers. You know, if they're a quartet that's close together and they could just pop in for, a, you know, Harmonizers had double date recently, which was, you know, they literally just popped in for a song and a tag. So awesome. Which could still happen and be more opportunities, like Lindsay said, for quartets to get more audience that they wouldn't normally get. So I think that should continue for quartets and even just quartets offering skills that they have to other choruses. You know, a, a lot of people seem to put coaches and quartets in different categories, but a lot of times they do have some overlap. And people have found that out when trying to find so many coaches over, over these months. So I think that'll also carry out as quartets valuing what they know and how they do things to share that experience with others in a coaching type way that they've, you know, experienced a talking type of way, masterclass type of way. So I really do think there are absolutely ways that quartets can can be more appreciative of their time apart, make it more worthwhile maybe for their quartet. That I think is wonderful. And I, and I really do think, you know, I'm scared that when we get back in person that everyone's going to forget this technology exists or, or have resentment towards it because it was during such a negative time. But it really could benefit this art form a ton. And I hope that when everything is back in person, we don't forget about how good it was to us and how good it can be for quartets courses, organizations alike, yeah. for sure. Yeah, just along the lines of what Tessa said, just sort of amplifying it, is I love the idea of a quartet getting together, especially like Hot Pursuit, where you're together for a few days in a row. Think about the kinds of audiences you could have during that time that you normally would just be sitting in your living room singing for yourselves and the three people at that house. Like, if you intentionally set up something where you can send your audio out, and there's a group of barbershoppers meeting in Canada, or meeting in Texas, or meeting in California, or meeting in Sweden at the time that you're up sing for them you know what i mean like get up and have an audience magic boom automatic audience like what a cool thing to intentionally plan into your weekends i hope that's the thing we take away and that's such a great thing tessa i mean i agree with you 100 yeah. percent. that's awesome and it seems like it would become an intermediate goal for the retreat right i mean it becomes something to strive yeah. for to them all the time yeah yes a hundred percent we always you know perform for our family members or you know we get but it would be so nice to be have like a different quartet a different chorus to perform for a different person if it's one barbershop person you know i think that'd be it's so valuable you know especially when you're talking about show packages to just show early you know bits of things to people anyone that'll different people to listen it's so yeah. valuable Lindsay, you're gonna say yeah and just you know, we've had people ask us if we would broadcast our rehearsal. Just, you know, can you broadcast your when you get together? Right now, we don't because so awesome. there's probably some language so awesome. that's inappropriate for the audience when you forget things. <laughs> so we don't do that right now. <laughs> um, but one of the other things that I hope goes over is that for those who meet in countries where you sometimes miss rehearsal for weeks at a time because of weather, because you can't drive on icy roads, you can't do this. We now have the technology that we don't have to miss those opportunities to be together anymore. We now have the opportunity to, hey, if, it, if we can't sing together, maybe that's a night we have a craft class and we bring somebody in. So we continue to do the things that we've been doing now on nights where we may not be able to physically be together because we're being prevented by weather or whatever it is. So that's one of the things that I hope holds over after the pandemic. The other thing that I hope holds over, and I was just saying this to, to my husband tonight, was I really hope that I remember to say no to certain things because yes. my schedule was such yes. that before pandemic, it was every single night and it was just go, 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 go. And at some point the body goes, stop, right? And I'm hoping that post pandemic, I'm like, I enjoy this downtime a little bit. So learning to say no to certain things, not because I don't want to, but wise, it's the smart thing to do. And that's kind of what I've, what I've learned in this pandemic is how much downtime and not just run full steam for six months and then just be like, I can't, I'm done. There, there's a lot more 
health right. issues that right. that arise from that. So just people being smarter when this pandemic is over of what they can and can't handle is also one of the things I hope holds over. Yeah, I, I was jumping in because I think talking about what Lindsay just talked about is so huge. And especially it comes when you live in the D.C. area, you live in Dallas, Fort Worth, like the traffic in these areas is crazy. So some of the ask for a lot of our volunteer members, for our acapella singers to get together physically is a lot. Like we we think about a local group in acapella as like a pretty long distance. Like the harmonizers pull from a pretty wide range. And so if you're asking your members to drive an hour and a half or two hours for an extra rehearsal, quote unquote, like, okay, great. Can we, How many of these things can we start to make remote so that it's more reasonable, achievable, successful over the the course of time like that is oh my gosh such a huge thing and we have the, we have regular in-person music team meetings and it's again a lot of it's volunteers people who are volunteering their time to go above and beyond what's already necessary for membership in the chorus and to say okay let's make the in-person experience a very personal one and let's make all the logistics and all the things that we can get done where people's time is more valuable to it's the midpoint between an email and having to meet in person i think it could be really useful and that so that Lindsay, that's great and i would have never thought of uh, a group that had a whole season of icy roads that they couldn't get together because that has never been my reality so i didn't even know that was a thing and i'm so glad that we now know but i'll tell you we when i directed the course in Mont- when i yeah when i directed the course in montreal there were times where we were two to three weeks because of icy roads couldn't get to rehearsal so yeah it makes sense i just never thought of it <laughs> Tessa, when do you think you will feel comfortable getting on a plane again or having your compatriots get on a plane again? What's the sort of criteria for getting back to normal-ish, do you think? I know. What a heavy question. Like, just, you know, like the thought of it is intense because it's been so long when you see these people so often and then you go so long, what feels like eternity without. It's a heavy thing to think about. Like, I'm sh- I'm surely going to sob the first time we sing together in person. I mean, just ridiculously so. I won't think we'll get through the whole, we'll just have to tag, do a tag because no, no song is going to be finished at all. That, that first, that first rehearsal weekend is going to be set crying. Well, you know, I think a lot, we've learned a lot pandemic wise. I feel like in the scientific world over the only just the past few weeks, I think we're really starting to rev up our knowledge. And I think with that will come a lot of other things just as far as feeling safer, things about that. Melody recently moved to where I live. So we're now 30 minutes apart instead of 10 hours. And there are rumors of other members of the quartet, again, moving a little bit closer for various reasons. So I think it would have to be either that situation where maybe we'd all live a little bit close together. So we're drivable distance, or there needs to be at least either a a healthy, successful vaccine or be a healthy, successful treatment, which probably the latter will come first, I, I think, as far as why I'm understanding science, which is fine. You know, as long as the threat of death is a little bit less, then at least it feels a little better to sing um, and be together and, and share in that. So I think those things have to happen. I think we'd probably have to live a little bit closer together, slash we'd feel more comfortable about treatments and, and vaccines. But I'm hopeful that that will happen over the next year or so for our, our world. I'm very positive. I try to stay positive. But yeah, I, I think it will, it will have to be, you know, concerning a family and I probably have the most high risk family. So I think it's also plausible that there's a trio that could happen before a quartet happens, which is great. Or a duet could happen before a quartet happens, which is wonderful. And I could see that happening way sooner. You know, our bass clef is probably our healthiest clef. <laughs> Sorry, Michaela, she'd agree with me. But so they could probably duet much sooner than the quartet could get together, which would be great. And then maybe it's easier for them to send us a recording because it's easier to sing and record when you're at least with someone. Um, So I think a lot more could happen quartet-wise once at least two people could feel safe getting together and singing in some capacity. We do have one sort of step toward reality a little bit. We've been doing a lot over Zoom of me or someone else in the chorus singing one part of a song while other people are muted and singing along. Very small sections and segments so as to not tire people out. But but that is one element of what we're doing to kind of keep things active. We're hoping we're in conversation for figuring out what, from a research-based perspective and from a practical perspective, we can get a group of people who are comfortable and safe with the low manageable and unlitigatable risk of actually getting together we have a our rehearsal space has a covered awning that's about seven feet out from the actual rehearsal hall and is about probably 70 feet wide and it's a big huge staircase and the lobby of it has it's all doors just straight all the way across so the other so we're thinking about like is the lobby a place that we can go with people distanced masked 
and singing into an SM58 that's wireless connected to one thing that then is pumped out to Zoom. And then there's like four parts and just the feeling of barbershop and the feeling of progress and the feeling of being able to duet and rotating those people so that they, for the time period before that, can again do some making sure that their livelihood is safe for all of the other people in the room, making sure that they're safe. And there's so much that goes into it that we're, like I said, in very preliminary talks about it and have no plans yet to, to do that at any scheduled date. But if it's possible, we want to do it. And so we're working on it, you know, and and have the plan in action for as soon as the penny drops, you can do it. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be able to be in person and then have to still figure out in person, you know, in person rehearsals because you're wasting the time you just got. So that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this evening has certainly been a cure for me, for my soul and for my heart. So thank you all so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. That was Lindsay Charnier, who was member of the Quartet Titanium, Tony Colosimo, member of Better Together and First Take and Tessa Walker, member of Hot Pursuit. Thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned next week when we were going to be speaking with college acapella groups and speaking to them about how they're handling the pandemic. Tune in then.